There was once an idea that this podcast would soon go to YouTube. I've tried everything I could, but technical difficulties and all that. But maybe it's more than that. And we'll talk about it. From the Bought 319 Recording Room, this is the Tweakwell Podcast. What's up, everybody? It's Jake Alexander, the voice in the void, the lone wolf, your favorite host with a list. How the hell are you? Happy Friday to you. I am doing well. I hope you are all doing well. Welcome to another episode of the Tweakful Podcast. Hey, if you are a returning listener, thank you very much for rocking with us. You know, I love every single time any of you decide to tune in. I always say that at the end, but I'll say that at the beginning. I don't care if it's one, five, ten, a hundred, or a thousand of you. I am so very grateful for every single person that tunes in to this pokey little podcast. If you are a new listener, hey, uh, thank you very much for giving me a shot. I hope you enjoyed today's show. And if you do, go back and check out all the older episodes. I'm pretty sure you'll find something that you didn't know and something that'll make you want to keep rocking with us for a time to come. It's going to be a good show and it's going to be a short show. I know I've been saying that every week for the past couple of weeks. And it's either been an hour or 45 minutes to an hour But last week's episode was okay It was, it was under 30 minutes We're going to try to do that today We're going to talk about Black um, Not Black Dynamite We're going to talk about the Black Dynamite successor It's spiritual successor The outlaw Johnny Black And we're going to talk about uh, why this this podcast is not on youtube yet but it will be and i figured it out it has nothing to do with technical difficulties it has something to do with myself and i'm going to admit something to you when we talk about it later uh but and we have a lot to get into with the news today too because guess what one of our two strikes is over and it is very interesting indeed that 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 one is over and we're going to get into that and that is what we're going to do right now so let's get right into our news So let's start today's news by talking about the passing of David McCollum and the passing of Michael Gambon. Now, David McCollum uh, shot to stardom in the 1970s by starring as secret agent Ilya Kuryakin on the TV show The Man from Uncle. And he is best known uh, as of late as Ducky on NCIS. Now, in between those two starring roles, he released a handful of uh, mus- uh, musical uh, compositions. One of them was called The Edge. Now, you may not know the song The Edge in its, in its uh, original form, but you will know it in its uh, later form when it was sampled by Dr. Dre for the song The uh, the Next Episode. That song was heavily, <laughs> heavily, heavily, and I mean that uh, uh uh, totally it was heavily uh, sampled for that song uh, it's such a beautiful song too in its original form i suggest you go listen to it again it's called the edge uh michael gambon has been on stage on in theater uh for uh, almost 60 years the man is just a titan when it comes to uh the acting craft um he is best known for most of us as the second uh dumbledore in the harry potter in the harry potter series uh, he took over in the third film i believe I, I, i'm not really remember it uh right now because I'm, I'm thinking about both of them passing uh yeah he took over in the third film um after the original um 
Dumbledore passed on. So now we both we lost both of our Dumbledores from the Harry Potter series. Uh, both of them are gone, and it's just another reminder that every day that passes, we lose this, uh, we lose more and more people that we uh, that we cherish in the uh, acting world. Um, we move on from that. It's kind of hard. I know that's kind of a, a sad way to start off the news, but we have to um, acknowledge those two men for uh, all the contributions they've done to all the content that we um, that we uh, take in day in day out. Um, we move on to talk about the WGA strike. That strike is now over. Uh, over the past weekend, there was a tentative deal put into place, and it was taken to the voting body, and they all agreed to pass pass it. Pretty much, the, the writers got everything they wanted. The one thing that they were looking for was protections against the use of AI. Um, they do have those protections in place. Now, the studios can use AI, but it is at the discretion of the writers. The writers will have a say-so when they say that, no, we won't use it. Now, they are allowed to use it themselves if they want and they have their they have their own um, uh, set of rules now in place about how much can be used and how much can't be used or won't be used uh, within original writing uh, anything written by AI cannot be considered source material uh, by the studios which means that hey you know if the studio say hey we have an original script but then we find out later it's written by AI it can be thrown out completely and the writers are allowed to um, go go for it with their own writing um but they would probably have some sort of framework but yeah pretty much the writers got everything they wanted which is good like i said the writers are basically the backbone of hollywood they they are the ones who write every single thing that we listen to and we watch and and they deserve to get all the extra money that they wanted and they will get it that's a good thing uh sag the sag after strike it does continue but they are set to meet with the amptp the same people that the uh writers had to meet with they are set to meet over the weekend and it i mean as fast as this deal was put together uh even though it was 146 days for the writer strike as fast as that deal was handed in and voted on by the writers i'm pretty sure that the uh streaming sites and all these studios they can do the exact same thing with the actors they can say hey we understand what you want here's what you here's what we're willing to give you let's uh, go in and iron this out and get hollywood back on track uh because without the actors then you definitely have nothing because the writers because they sit there and write all they want to if they don't have the uh don't have the people in front of the screen then it's kind of pointless uh let's cross our fingers and maybe maybe me and willie were wrong because we both agreed a couple weeks ago that this that neither strike would end until we get to the calendar year because i surely did not see the uh studios um basically giving the writers what they wanted and i don't see them giving the uh actors what they wanted but i may be wrong i may be wrong we may see uh we may actually see both these strikes come to an end before 2024 hits if you are a fan of the uh, ZOM 100 anime, then I got some bad news for you. It has been delayed indefinitely. Uh, Bug Films, the uh, production company behind ZOM 100, uh, Bucket List of the Dead, they have said that they are having production issues. Now, this shouldn't come as a surprise because, let's be for real, if you are a fan of it, you know that this has happened pretty much ever since the anime uh, debuted back in July. But uh, with this one, this is going to be an indefinite shutdown of the anime, which means we won't get the last three episodes of the first season, which hasn't even finished yet. So episodes 10, 11, and 12 are basically off the board until further notice. Um, like I said, this this isn't the first time. Pretty much every episode that they've released for this anime since it debuted, it's usually been a day, uh, a day late, maybe two days late. But this kind of hits right in the stomach. 
uh, Zom 100 is a really good anime. It has been in the top five ever uh, with pretty much every uh, rating, uh, anime rating site for, since its debut. It's it, it's even been rated higher than um, Bleach, which I consider to be the, pretty much the best anime that we've seen this uh, seen this year. But Zom 100 has beaten it out pretty much uh, every week. So let's hope that they can actually get back on track with production, get these issues out of the way, and we get those last three episodes. If you are a fan of Studio Ghibli, then they have new leadership on the ways now we all know that Hayao Mizaki is aging and so is his partner they're both aging they're both in their 70s and, and going into their 80s respectively well they pretty much are going to have to step down at some point right well the the actual voting body that runs the company with those two at the head they're like hey we have to figure out something and get some new leadership in uh in place just in case these two decide to step down earlier because remember we reported a few weeks ago that uh hayao, hayao mazaki said I, I, i'm not leaving just so they decided to try to get some new people in place and it turns out that nippon tv who's had a long working relationship with uh hayao mazaki and studio ghibli uh looks like they're going to be running the company for a time to come as uh as soon as these two decide to step down over the weekend over this past weekend they um uh, Nippon TV bought a bunch of shares of Studio Ghibli on the uh, Nippon uh, Stock Exchange, pretty much the same thing as our New York Stock Exchange here, and they took over a large chunk of the uh, of the uh, shares in order for them to basically make Studio Ghibli a subsidiary of Nippon TV. This is good. This is good. I I was fretting about it, but then I put some thought into it. I was worried that hey, with them buying so many shares and that puts them in charge of the studio, we wouldn't uh, get the you know the same type of uh, animation and the same type of heart we have gotten from Hayao Mizaki and Studio Ghibli all these years but it seems like they're basically just stepping in to be caretakers of the studio just in case something happens just in case these two men step down and they've basically saying hey we're just going to be hands off you already know what you're doing we've had this long-standing relationship run the company you do what you do we're just here to basically be caretakers and that, that's good i'm i'm glad i don't want studio ghibli to change in any way shape or form if you've seen any of their films you understand the beauty and the magic behind the anime that they put out and i didn't want that to be bothered and it doesn't look like it's going to be uh and studio ghibli will go on far into the future which is really really good uh, shout out to Netflix because they are on a tear with uh, their animated features over the past year, really. Uh, even if you don't like all of them, you, you have to admit that they've all been really good uh, with how, they are, how they've been produced and how they look and how close to the source material that most of them have been because they have been based on uh, previous properties like video games and anime and other things like that. Well, they just released a trio of new trailers, one for Devil May Cry, which looks for it was very short but it looks really good it looks very much like castlevania um they had another one for he-man masters of the universe this one would be called revolution uh this is a follow-up to the kevin smith one that everybody hated at first but then after netflix released that second one now everybody likes it so this is going to be a follow-up to that kevin smith one and it looks just like the original just like that first kevin smith uh run on netflix a little while ago and it looks really good too the third one is tomb raider the legend of Lara Croft now I don't know how I feel about this one. it looks really good but I don't know how it's going to turn out it does have a little uh flavor just like that Castlevania uh original Castlevania anime and the new Castlevania anime is is out this weekend too so and that's on our weekend watch list but we'll get to that later um they all look really good they're all animated they're, like I said they're all on Netflix 
I cannot wait to sit down and watch all three of these. They're all going to be really good, in my opinion. Uh, not to be left out, uh, Amazon is going to have an animated feature of its own. The A24, of all people, I didn't think would be producing any type of animated anything but they are they're going to be behind a new um a new animated uh, they're basically all shorts so think of love death and robots but this one is going to be called the has-been hotel I, I don't know what it's about it looks really fun it looks really silly um a24 is known for basically taking concepts and turning them on their on their ears i mean think about um everything everywhere all at once right and talk to me which just came out this year they're basically taking genres that we all know and love and turning them on their ear so i'm really intrigued to see what they're going to do with the animation that they're uh, getting ready to put out on on amazon there hasn't been a word or a release date yet but if you want to see the teaser trailer but this has been hotel it is on the instagram page so you can head on over there after you get done listening to this episode and check that out uh if you are a fan of alice in borderland going back to talking about netflix but get ready for season three because they have been greenlit for a season three and it is going to be coming uh, pretty soon it looks like uh, it's going to release early in 2024 probably i would say myself probably around march uh maybe even a little later in like april or something like that but it is there will be a season three for alice in borderland season one was phenomenal season two was almost as good i can't wait for season three alice in borderland is a really really good series uh we're going to end our news today talking about prey 2 now prey 2 was almost in my top three movies last year it, it was almost my number one movie if it, if it was not for everything everywhere all at once it was such such a good predator movie it was just a such a good movie in general well they are going to be doing a prey too now, it has been green lit there has not been word or not if they're going to go back to the same time period and have amber mid thunder uh, uh reprise her role from that first movie um because there is a chance that they may go to a different time period and introduce some new characters up against the predators how about we see predators in feudal japan like the 1100s right and have to go against uh some samurai now you can't tell me that that doesn't sound good but I don't know maybe you can cross your fingers either way whatever they're going to do um if it's going to be a prey to i suspect it's going to be amber mid thunder coming back to reprise her character that would make a lot more sense why well, call it prey 2 which is basically uh it's telling you that it's a follow-up to the first movie and then you not have amber mid thunder come back but either way either way uh if it's as good as prey the first one then I'm, I'm all for it. I'm, I'm down with it. That's all our news for today. Don't forget to check out our Instagram page at the underscore tweakle underscore pod. I'm going to go grab a cup of coffee and take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the outlaw Johnny Black. There are very few films that come along unannounced to make big impacts on film and culture. Think Moonlight in 2013 and Everything Everywhere All at Once in 2022. Both of those films were delivered to us by the now household name A24, by the way. Now go back to 2009 and you could say the same for Black Dynamite. In that year, Transformers were king, Harry Potter was once again a top name, and animated features like Up and Monsters vs. Alien were taking over the top 10 for the year. But Black Dynamite was an anomaly. The Michael Jai White-led callback to the black exploitation era garnered attention and praise from audiences 
simply by word of mouth and the swiftness of its kung fu. The comedy found a home in the minds and hearts of audiences without ever generating large dollars at the box office or critical praise from reviewers. Fast forward a little and Black Dynamite is seen through the lens of a cult classic nostalgia amongst black films. Now, fast forward a little more and we're here with its successor, the outlaw Johnny Black. Now, when I say successor, let it be known that it's only in spirit. Whereas both films are action comedies, Johnny Black is no sequel. It's more of a younger cousin than the son of. In film terms, this is a spoof of the old spaghetti westerns like Rango and Shanghai Noon, where we had stylized black exploitation and kung fu hijinks and black dynamite. We now have old west, slow-paced but well-shot western fun that feels freshly served instead of warmed over. Michael Jai White stars as the titular Johnny Black hell-bent on earning revenge against the man that killed his father in front of him when he was a child. Our villain, the outlaw Brett Clayton, played by Chris Browning, is as stoic as our hero and as just as much of an archetype character as well. Add in the beautiful Anika Noni Rose as the love interest, Byron Menz hilariously as a lovelorn reverend, Byron Botswick as the evil land baron, then sprinkle in some Tony Baker as the misguided sheriff, and you have a great rounded cast that is reminiscent of this film's spiritual father, Blazing Saddles. Much of the film plays out as an homage directly to Blazing Saddles, without the genius parody of racist tropes that were common in the U.S. old Western territory. And that's a shame. Sure, it touches on the racism of that era, but not enough in my opinion. Instead of leaning into it and using it as fodder to spur our hero on and embolden his actions, the writers tiptoe to the line and are too afraid to cross it for fear of offending a world that is ever more offended by the day. See, Blazing Saddles was not afraid to point out the racism, point fingers back at the audience, which included the Hollywood establishment, and say, see, see, this is how ridiculous you all look. This film, though, doesn't seem willing to do so, even if it is trying very hard to act like that. Now, parse out the best parts of the outlaw Johnny Black, and you'll see a lot of homages to comedies like Blazing Saddles, Harlem Nights, and yes, even Black Dynamite. At its worst, it's just a smattering of scenes that only pay tribute to the past instead of doing what it should have done. And that's usher in a new era of black-led spoof films, just as Scary Movie did back in 2000. Still, this is very much worth a watch. You'll laugh and get a kick out of Michael J. White. No pun intended. I want to give this movie a 7 out of 10, and I was really hoping it was better than that. But honestly, I can't. At best, it's a 6 out of 10. But like I said before, it is still very much worth a watch. The Outlaw Johnny Black is still in theaters if you want to see it, and by my estimation, you're going to have to search really hard to find it in a theater near you. And honestly, you might want to wait until it comes on streaming. The best thing about doing this podcast I've come to realize is that most often when people find out that I am doing a podcast, they usually ask me questions. I always have those questions answered and we wind up getting into a conversation about one thing or another. And I enjoy those conversations. It's just something I enjoy doing. Well, I got a question the other day from somebody close to me who I consider a friend. And he asked me, well, why don't you have your podcast on YouTube? I jokingly said, because I have a face made for radio. 
If you're my age, you understand that joke. If you're not my age, you're probably thinking, well, what does that mean? Well, it means I consider myself not to be very attractive. Uh, don't get me wrong. It was a joke. I don't consider myself to be ugly. I've never hidden my age. I'm 42. Everybody knows that. I have gray in my beard, but I've earned my gray. I've earned every single gray strand I have by burying so many friends and family members along these years. So many people my age have not even made it this far. They've been gone since I've been in my 20s. So I'm not ashamed to have gray hair, not one little bit. But I found myself thinking about that answer more and more lately, and I realized that there is a lot of truth to it. I do consider myself to just have a face made for radio. I have a voice that usually when people hear somebody like me, it's on the radio. They usually don't see faces like me on YouTube. Men who look like me don't really get on YouTube and start talking about anything, whether it be music, movies, anime, or whatever. Why? Because we live in a country and we live in a time where looking the way I do, you're considered to be useless, passe. People consider the ideas, just because of the way I look, that I have, to be outdated. They don't realize that most of the things that I think about and most of the things I talk about are the same things that they care about. But again, that's why I'm not on YouTube. Because I fear, honestly, for the first time something in my life that I just don't fit in. It's always been my entire life that I didn't really care if I fit in or not. Even when I started this podcast, I said that it doesn't matter if anybody thinks like me, talk like me, act like me. I am me and I'm going to do my own thing. But this idea about expanding this podcast to YouTube has bothered me over the past few months. I've tried here and there to do videos and see if they caught traction and not really. I've gotten a handful of views here and there and I've just pretty much just danced around the issue and not really put too much effort into it. But here I am, sitting behind this mic inside the vault, with my producer and my wife, Nikki Rev, staring at me, and I'm thinking to myself, well, maybe, just maybe it is time that I go to YouTube. Not full-time, not even at first, but it is time that I get on YouTube, show my face to the world, not just let you hear my voice. So, maybe not this episode, or maybe not even the next episode, but sometime very soon, and I'll let you know when that does happen, this podcast will be on YouTube. I won't just be talking into a mic. I won't just be sitting behind a computer in my bar inside the vault. You will see me. You will understand that what I say is important. And I'm not just saying it just because I'm trying to garner views. I'm saying it because somebody who looks like me at my age, I've lived long enough to understand that the world needs somebody like me, somebody with experience. Somebody who doesn't bullshit around the bush and tell you just what you want to hear. I'm telling you what you need to hear. And it doesn't matter if we are talking about music or anime or all the fun stuff. But sometimes we are going to talk about serious stuff and you do need to hear those things from somebody like me. So mark it on your calendars or at least wait until I tell you. The Tweakwell Podcast will be on the YouTube. And it will be sometime soon. I'll be right back.
So that's it and that's all. It's time for the last call. I want to thank each and every single one of you for tuning in to this pokey little podcast. I know I said it at the top of the show, but I'm going to say it again right now. I don't care if it's one, five, ten, a hundred, or a thousand of you. I appreciate every single person that tunes in every single time they do it because you don't have to, but you decide to hang out with me and I truly appreciate it. Hey, it's time to get into our weekend watch list and it is kind of short, but it is a whole lot of fun at the exact same time. Our animation and our series pick this week will be one in the same. Castlevania Nocturne just dropped on Netflix and I have been waiting waiting so long for this it is going to be great i know it is i can't wait till i watch it uh our nostalgia pick and our film pick is one of the same as well beverly hills cop from 1984 the first one the original it came up in passing and we were joking about it at work and i just decided like hell uh, it's an older movie it's a still a really good and funny movie no matter how many times i watch it so i'm going to be watching that this weekend uh besides that i want you to all get out there have some fun enjoy yourself take care of yourself don't do anything to harm yourself i say it all the time if you're feeling trapped feeling like there's nobody you can turn to you can always pick up the phone and dial or text 988 from your phone there's always somebody there always somebody to talk to you do not have to feel alone because you are not uh don't forget to take care of yourself physically mentally spiritually everything don't do anything uh just be safe don't get out there and be silly oh before we go you know we haven't actually had a last call drink in quite a while and we actually do have one this week i bought some hot buttered spiked cider yeah i know that sounds silly but it is actually really good i've had it before it is actually really good and it's not very hard to make you can make one uh, small batch and it's uh, six servings all at once. So either drink it at all, drink it all by yourself or, you know, invite a couple friends over and have it and sit down and have a conversation like I always say. Um, if you want the recipe, it will be on the um, uh, Instagram page later on. Uh, by the time you finish this episode, it'll be up there. So get over there, check it out. You'll have the recipe. You can make it for yourself at home and let me know what you think about it. You know, <laughs> I, I want to know if anybody else likes it as much as I did. Uh, outside of that, that is all. It is time to sign off uh just like i said enjoy yourself this weekend take care of yourself so for my producer nikki rev we will end this episode the same way we do every episode god bless i love you and peace see you next time Listening to the Tweakle Podcast.